Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Back to the challenge wrap up podcast for a special episode. Uh, Ali Lasher could not be, be uh, with me this week, but I do have the great Sydney Boxbound, the author of How to Win at the Challenge and Life, basically the gospel on the challenge. Very excited to have her here with me. So, Sydney, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, it's a, it's a great pleasure to have you here. We've been trying to uh, lock this in for a few weeks now. Um, your book came out. Uh, October 25th. So it's already on the shelves, ready to go um, mm-hmm. if people want to pick it up. So first, we'll just start with that. Where can people find it? Because I'm sure after this, they're going to want to read all about it. So where <laughs> where can people uh, find the book and uh, go ahead and purchase it? Yeah, it is available wherever books are sold, whether you get them from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, real actual bookstores. A friend actually texted me a photo that he saw it on a bookshelf in an actual bookstore, which I uh, was so wild to me. <laughs> so yeah, wherever you buy your books, it's it's available there. Perfect. And so I just wanted to jump in first immediately. We just kind of understanding your challenge kind of backstory. Like what made you fall so in love with this show and like the the this world that you wanted to like basically write the book on it because you wrote the book on it. So like <laughs> what, what, what is it about the challenge that you just fell in love with? Yeah, I, um, I started watching it way back in like the late 90s when it premiered as not even a show called The Challenge. Um, mm-hmm. I was only eight years old when it first premiered, so I didn't really understand quite a lot of the social aspects of it. But I, I don't know, there's just something about how real all of the, the people 
are. They're not trying to be fake. They're, they're really, I mean, back then it was less of a competition, but sure. the way that it's evolved has also made me love it even more because it's, it's become something totally new and different through all its different eras. And the fact that we've seen most of the same people throughout the past 20 something years, and you've seen them grow and change it, it feels like I'm watching a really extended soap opera of the mm-hmm. same characters. And I also just love the social and analytical aspects of the game. I'm a huge fan of a lot of reality competition shows like Survivor and the, the way that people approach the game from different ways is always so fascinating to me. Um, so yeah, I always, I've been a fan of it for my entire life, basically. And then um, I'm also a pop culture journalist. So I've been covering it at Entertainment Weekly for the past few years and, and building the the coverage there has been really fun. And then when this book opportunity came along, it just felt like this amazing full circle moment. Yeah. So so the way the book works, you kind of dive in. I think it's 21 uh, uh, former winners. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go through kind of each of their individual backstories about how they win, what things they've overcome and kind of very cool behind the scenes uh, stories from each of them. So how did you land on like the, this crop of winners? Because obviously, you know, 38 seasons has been a number of different winners. So so what what was about these winners that you really wanted to, to highlight? Yeah, it was really interesting how it unfolded because when MTV Books brought the idea to me, they basically like had the title and the idea for the book already hammered out, but they had no idea who the champs would be or like what format the book would take. So that was all up to me. And so I gave them a wish list of about like 58 champions that I would just love to know more about their story. Uh, I mean, obviously like the big ones are up there, like CT, Johnny Bananas, like Wes, I I put forth like a huge long list, including basically anyone you would want to hear from about how they won the challenge. And then from there, it was just whoever replied, (laughs) whoever Mm -hmm. wanted to be in it. Um, There were a few that said initially said that they wanted to be in it and then just stopped responding. And so it was it was uh, yeah. uh. <laughs> a few really good ones that I was so excited when they said yes. And then when they just stopped responding or ghosted the interview, oh, um, no. it, was, it was really heartbreaking. So I'm really excited about the ones that actually came through and, and did the interviews because they everyone was so open and honest. And, and a lot of them got really vulnerable in ways that yeah. we haven't seen from them on the show. So it was just a really cool experience with the ones who actually <laughs> did the interviews. Yeah, because I loved, you know, you kind of had, I think some of it was also some of the arrival of uh, of All-Stars, but you had some of like the old school winners going back to like Yes and like people mm-hmm. from back in the day and then obviously the current winners. So whose stories do you think stuck out a little bit more? People who won, you know, 10, 15 years ago, like who who's uh, kind of the stories uh, really resonated with you that you that you spoke with? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because there were some people who I expected their interviews to go one way and then it went a completely different way. Like, Jordan Wisely, you know, he's, you know, one of the newer competitors, one of the newer winners. He's still on the show now, but he was looking back on his past with, I think, a much more mature perspective than I was Mm -hmm. expecting from him. Because, I mean, we've seen him on the show not really being very open and vulnerable and and honest and mature. So it was it was amazing to see how he shed his persona to be honest about his his time on the show. And then um I loved, I mean, Johnny Bananas, if you're not listening to his Spotify podcast, you probably mm-hmm. haven't heard him, you know, shed his persona as well. And so he was, he was just a real human being looking back on his, you know, 20 something seasons with a very different eye than I would have expected. Um, I loved Landon's interview because mm-hmm. he has been out of the challenge world for 
so long. And I was, I was honestly blown away that he even wanted to be involved in the book because he's kind of stepped back from the public life and, and had kept his life really private. And so I got to dive deep with him about why he hasn't come back and, and, you know, what he thought about his experience on the show. Um, I loved getting to talk with Jody Weatherton because I think mm-hmm. she is one of the all-time best competitors, not just of, you know, the women competitors, but just out of everyone in general. And um, she, it was amazing to hear from her because this was before she had come back for All-Stars 2. Right. And so um, I hadn't, you know, people hadn't heard from her in a while. Um, but yeah, there were, there were so many different perspectives too. Like I loved hearing from Cynthia, who was on the very first season of the challenge, like her experience on the show um, was very different from everyone else that I'd interviewed. And it was amazing to hear just how everyone had taken their experiences and, and applied it to their real lives, because some of them have really changed their lives because of what happened yeah. on the show. Yeah. One person I was actually kind of surprised to see pop up was Car Maria. Because, you know, we just had the four-part challenge doc where she was very noticeably not a part of it. Talked about a lot, but not a part of it. Mm-hmm. So what, do you, what did you pick up from her speaking with her, where she feels she sits right now in, like, the challenge world? Because I think there's a lot of people wanting for her to come back. I think there's still a lot of resentment with things that went down with, like, her and Paulie, that situation on the show. So where, do you, where does she see herself fitting in, like, the challenge world right now? Yeah. Um, fun fact, I was also shocked that she wasn't in the docuseries because I am the one that you see in the series talking about her and all of her achievements because I 100% mm-hmm. thought she was going to give an interview. Right. Um, so that had me scratching my head. I didn't realize that I'd become the Car Maria spokesperson on accident. <laughs> but I, I will take that job because I love Absolutely. her. I think she's one of the best um, of all time. And yeah, I it was interesting talking with her too because she also doesn't really know why she hasn't been you know, back mm. on the show, like she took some time off intentionally because she saw that she she basically understands why everyone hated her on War of the Worlds too. And she regrets how she, her attitude on the show and then how that all went down. And so she took some time away. She worked on herself. Um, she talked a lot about how she has gotten back to be the car Maria that people mm. love and would root for. And, and she, 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 she sees, that she's better as the underdog than like someone running the game. Um, and so she, she definitely wants to come back and um, it's, it's fascinating to see that she wasn't invited to do the docuseries and I don't yeah, know yeah. what that means for her future, but she, she definitely wants to get back into the world. And, and I think if she does, we'll see a car Maria that um, we used to know and love. From back yeah. Yeah, I would love that for sure. So obviously you go through, uh, these are all winners that mm-hmm. you talked to. Was there any thought to include anyone that like just almost has won, has never won, that people would wind to win? Or did you really just want to focus on like the winners and their stories about how they you know, succeeded on the show? Yeah, I think for, for this book specifically, um, even with like the title alone, like MTV just wanted winners. I would be so mm-hmm. interested in either doing another book or even just you know, more interviews of people who have come so close. And because I think that experience is extremely different from the champions, but um, yeah, I would love, I would have loved to include TJ. I think he's one of the biggest Mm -hmm. winners of the challenge (laughs) without ever having played. Uh, But yeah, no, this one was just focusing on the actual winners. So. Yeah. Is there anyone that you want to see win 
really badly so they can be included in like the version two of this like who 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 were you like damn i wish they got their win so i can just include them with this. yes leroy leroy mm-hmm. is like one of the best to play the game and yet he's never won and i think a lot of that is because he wasn't trying as hard as he was in his final season on double agents but yeah i think if he had played the way that he played on double agents throughout his entire career he absolutely would be a multi-time winner at this yeah. point Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of want to also get back to the documentary because like this book kind of coincides very well with that. So how did you feel the the formal documentary kind of covered kind of the evolution of the challenge as well? How, what were your thoughts on like how MTV specifically covered kind of their own show? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I thought it was really, really creative how they formatted it. I feel like they were able to cover a lot in such a short amount of time. I also think that they could have gone a lot deeper. I think mm-hmm. there were a lot of things that were glossed over and and not even mentioned and not touched upon. That is such a big part of the challenge franchise that I think a lot of fans who know the show were mm-hmm. left wanting more and like not in a good way. Um, I think they were trying to focus on just the good parts, but you also, yeah. you know, the bad parts go hand in hand with that. So I understand why they would want to not mention some names or some moments, but I think. Mm-hmm. To make a docu-series about the entire history of something, you have to include the low moments as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's something Ali and I definitely both talked about how, you know, they kind of glossed over a little bit with some of the Jordan stuff in his past and some other things in people's past. And then very noticeably not mentioning people's names um, that couldn't be yeah. part of it. But I think what, you know, the challenge has been on the air for 20 plus years. There's there's going to be scandals that come along the way. No show mm-hmm. is perfect. So it, I found it very disappointing, like you said, about that they wouldn't, you know, touch on it, like, you know, show how much you've overcome, so how much you've changed, like, the challenge has really tried to make an effort to change and kind of grow with the times, and sometimes, on some issues, they've been ahead of the times, and they've mm-hmm. talked about that too, which is great, but then also show, like, where things they have to catch up on, so uh, that was one part that I was a little disappointed they didn't, uh, you know, talk about, and, like, you know, show their own faults. Yeah, that's so real, and we've seen it in recent seasons, too, about how the show is trying to be better than it was in the past, and I think in some instances, it, the show goes a little bit too far, like in the censorship mm-hmm. of like some people who have made mistakes in recent seasons. And instead of, you know, showing it and explaining it, they just kind of cut them out. And it felt the same way with the docuseries. But there's been so many instances where the show has gotten better in so many ways that it, it feels almost unfair to not show that growth because it has improved and it has yeah evolved in really helpful and impactful ways and I, I just don't think it touched on that enough mm-hmm. i know you mentioned you're also a fan of survivor mm-hmm. um in the last few seasons survivors kind of dubbed itself and like it's, it's the new era of survivor and i kind of feel like the challenge is a little bit in that too with the last few years few years where they really added a lot of international players from you know every show possibly imaginable and then really kind of doubling down on like this new crop of vets like Corey and Devin and people like that. So how, how do you view kind of the state of the challenge right now? Do you feel like it's in a good place? Are you kind of worried about the direction it's going? How, what, what are your kind of feelings right now about where the challenge is? I did start to get worried in um, the last season because it did feel like there were too many new people. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're only six episodes into this new season and it feels like it definitely has course corrected. Like there's a lot more recognizable faces the the spy theme is gone. It feels really yes. back to the basics. And I think the simpler, the better when it comes to that. And so I, I do think we we have been in a new era because it was really necessary. Most of our fan favorite winners and players are definitely aging out and can't do mm-hmm. this the way that they used to. And so 
they need new blood, but I think they were trying to bring in too much at the same time. And when the rookies outnumber the vets and the rookies that like we've never even seen before on like American TV shows, I think that that was turning a lot of people off because yeah, we come for the the challenges and the eliminations and the politicking, but at its core, we all come back for these characters. And if we don't have the recognizable faces that bring us back season after season, you're you're just going to lose your entire fan base. So I love yeah. that this season they're leaning into like the old school and new school vets, and like it, it, especially from this week's episode alone, they're like all the vets have become fired up in a way that feels like old school challenge. And I mm-hmm. just, I'm so excited to see where the franchise goes from here. Cause it, it seems like the fans are really responding well to the season and yep. it, it's a new era, but it's, it still feels like classic challenge. Yeah. Are there any specific changes or format ideas you've had that you're like hoping, you know, you could kind of like, drop a line to a producer like hey why don't you do something like this is there anything you want them to try to push to do a little bit more in the future seasons yeah i want to see invasion of the champions but done the right way mm-hmm. that is the biggest missed opportunity in the challenge history the fact that they had all of these incredible champions on a team together and then instead of having them actually go against the the underdogs they had to go against each other and I just, I wanted to see the champions wipe the floor with those mm-hmm. underdogs, but they were always outnumbered by like at least two people. And it just felt like a waste of a season and it was yeah. such a good idea. So yeah, I want them to do invasion of the champions, but the right way. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the other big developments from the challenge world was obviously the challenge USA spinoff this year. And then I think the challenge Australia version is going on now. And then a couple other ones. And then I imagine like the world championship thing will happen sometime next year. So what, what do you think? Why now for that type of show? Like, what do you? Why do you think CBS and TV kind of push pull the pull the uh, cord to kind of do that now? What 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 kind of caused that in your mind? Do you think um, to really push that new new spinoff? Yeah, it's that's a good question. I think it's a really boring answer, and I think it comes down to the the CBS MTV like Viacom merger, mm-hmm. and now they're all owned by the same company, so they can have this you know cross network franchise. Um, I mean, Paramount Plus, we saw the success of All-Stars. And I think that just showed that it, the challenge could exist in more places than just MTV. Yep. Um, it's such a boring answer, but I, I'm so happy that it exists because uh-huh. the Challenge USA was incredible. I know that the finale ended yeah. in such a disappointing way. And there, I could honestly, I could talk about that for hours. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that the it was a success minus the way that it ended because they mm-hmm. brought all of these really legendary players from these other shows. And we got to see them take on the yeah. challenge with their different show strategies. And I mean, it, it was fantastic. I, I hope that we get more seasons of it. Um, I'm cautiously excited for the global champion spinoff. Yep. Um, let's just hope that they uh, have a better final. Yeah. Prepare for, the, prepare for the cold, prepare for yeah. the cold. If you're going to go climbing up the map. Yeah. That, that whole season, <laughs> even like the whole time, it just felt like the giant fever dream where you're seeing yes. like Tyson and TJ interact. It's like the type of thing that someone like pitches in like a fan forum and you're like, you know, this, this thing's never going to happen. It, it was so, it was just so bizarre. And yeah, it ended. Uh, unfortunately would be a word you can use to describe it, but it's, I think it's the type of thing where you're going to look back on in a couple of years and, 
I think you're gonna remember the good things and then just you know look at the train wreck of a finale but it kind of makes it <laughs> iconic like the fact that like it's one of it's like one of the more iconic moments in like the cbs viacom mtv world that like you're never gonna forget it so at mm-hmm. least people are part of it uh, to kind of enjoy it um yeah. and then also and then also all-star is a spinoff what what are your feelings on kind of the rival people coming from the past are you, are you enjoying all-stars as a spinoff as well Oh my God. Yeah. I think the introduction of all stars has been one of the best things to happen to the challenge. Um, it, it just, it brought back that OG feeling, but like, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget watching the very first episode where they're having all of these like forties, fifties, like older players who are not as in shape anymore. Mm-hmm. And they, they're all expecting backyard games and they're thrown into an actual daily challenge that we're seeing the main franchise and like everyone was DQing people needed to be dragged out of the water by the paramedics like I was laughing and the music just made it even more comedic and I ever since that episode I was like I know that this is this is a hit Mm -hmm. this was an instant hit it it's just such a different vibe than the main flagship which I still love the main flagship but like this it's just a great addition. It's bringing back um, a lot of old fans too, who mm-hmm. have dropped off with watching the challenge. So it's only growing the fandom even more. And I, I think there's nothing, um, nothing but good things about it. Yeah. And honestly, that was one of my favorite chapters of your book was the John A chapter. Cause John A has been, I would, I think one of the more interesting people in like the challenge world over the last few years, like her Renaissance from where she was like with Zach and that horrible relationship on the challenge proper to now, her emerging as like this queen bee and she kind of goes into that like evolution of herself as a person on the show um so the john a stuff was i found it just be one of the more interesting people um on the on the show what, what was your uh, vibe like talking to her did you get the same kind of similar story oh yeah absolutely it, the fun fact about that i actually did john a's interview before all stars three aired mm-hmm. and so i actually had to do a follow-up interview with her after because like like, I mean, all the people on MTV side were like, you have to include All Stars 3. And I was like, right. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so I had to do a second interview with her to to make sure that we got all the details about that. Because to go from never making it to a single final, having one of the most abysmal elimination records to then winning two championships back to back in like literally immediately after making it all the way to the finish line of the final and tying with another woman for like the first place of the women that mm-hmm. it, seven months postpartum, no less. Like she, yep. she really Incredible. came back as and proved why she's one of the best in the game, which is like, if you would have said that about John a during her regular run, everyone would have thought that you were crazy. Yep. Would you like to see her or anyone else that's been on all stars kind of make the light back the proper, or do you kind of like keeping these worlds a little bit separate? Uh, I do like how, I mean, they're not really separate, though, because we're seeing Darrell, Veronica, Jordan, mm-hmm. like Wes, everyone's kind of going um, to both now. So I don't think that distinction really exists anymore. But for the people who have come back for All-Stars and who haven't made it to the flagship, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think John A would do as well on the flagship because mm-hmm. I, I think she just, she, I don't know. That's actually a really interesting question. I haven't thought about that. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think people, it, would be, it would be tough for her because like how yeah. like I think what she what she does so well is building the connections, which I think she mm-hmm. could do fresh out the gate. But 
not, you know, what, how is she going to connect with a Carasio, like coming to new season? I think it'll, it'll be very difficult. Even like some of the newer vets, I don't know how close mm-hmm. she is with like Corey and Devin and stuff like that. So I think it would be a bit of a, a bit of a hurdle for her to get through. But I, I'm, at this point, I'm not going to count John A. out of anything. If she does it, yeah. <laughs> I, I think she can do it. But I, I would find it to be difficult for her to kind of do it. Yeah. I mean, we've also seen that exact issue with Darrell. Like he's having such a hard yeah. time connecting with these like 20 something new rookies. And he's at this point, he's like stopped even trying. And mm-hmm. I I think um, obviously John A. has a much better social game than Darrell, but I think she would face a lot of the same issues. So obviously, you know, you touched on the you covered CT and bananas as kind of a you know five-time champ, seven-time champ. And ever since CT's last win, the, the big debate is I feel like it's kind of popped up about who was the goat of the challenge. I think they even did that mm-hmm. as a full episode on the, the challenge stock. So in your expert mind, the person who wrote the book on the challenge, who in Sydney's mind is the goat of the challenge? <laughs> I get in such trouble for this because my um Entertainment Weekly colleague and I, we actually made a ranking of the top 50 challengers Mm -hmm. and um you know before johnny won his uh seventh oh no it was yeah before no no before ct won his fourth championship we had bananas as number one and as soon as ct won his fourth we put ct as number one and then Mm -hmm. once he got his fifth win that was solidified and we've gotten so much uh hate over that people are very Mm -hmm. passionate about it I've been contacted by people who are both on the list and not on the list about why the list is wrong. Uh Um, People feel very strongly about it. So I get in trouble for this a lot, but CT is the absolute goat. I think he, he has it all. He's got the brains. He's got the brawn. He's got the social politics. He, you, you just, you don't want to go against him in anything. You don't Mm want to go against him in a daily challenge in an elimination or a final. He will beat you hands down. Um, yeah, no one can play the game like he does. He does it all from yeah. his shadows. He has all of these political deals. He knows how to fly under the radar. He also can do really well when he's public enemy number one. Nobody mm-hmm. can do it like him. If he comes back again, he's coming back single. Now I'll have all yeah. the women kind of flocking him again. So he's got that, <laughs> that part to play as well. So who was the most vocal that was upset about either being off the list or down Ooh. the list? I don't want you to spoil your sources, but I would love to know who, who was most upset about where well, they stood didn't stand. I mean, they, they were not anonymous because they posted it on their own <laughs> okay. social media. So Corey and Nelson felt some type of way because they were Nelson, not on the list on. at all. <laughs> Nelson, I mean, we just, we realized, Nelson, you haven't won a daily in seven years. Like, I don't think you could be on the list of uh, top players ever. (laughs) Yeah, we, because we do have some non-winners on the list, but um, for for reasons that, you know, they're great at the game. Mm -hmm. And I just, as much as I love watching Corey Nelson and I love seeing their evolution and how much better they've gotten at the game, I don't think we'll ever see them win. I don't think they have the... Like, well, number one, you have to be able to do a puzzle on your own and like be good at doing a puzzle because sure. there's going to be times during a final where you're going to have to do a puzzle on your own. And I don't think we've, I, we've, we've seen both of them fail in that many, many times. So yeah, I just, I think you have to have that one skill to win. Yeah. Among so obviously, players. so I think, it's, you know, we're six episodes into to ride or die now. So what, what are your feelings on the current season? How do you think the, the format is going, pairing people that are friends together? Uh, how, how, what are your thoughts on the format? I love this season. I love so many things about it. I think the format is fantastic. The fact that it is forcing people to make so many enemies whenever they have power. 
I think the one downside to that is we're seeing a lot of the people who could win daily challenges are maybe not trying to win at this point because uh, they don't want the blood on their hands. But I, I think that it's created so much real drama and not fake drama. Um, I love seeing people paired. I love how it's the exact opposite of rivals. Cause rivals is my favorite. Like rivals one is my favorite season of all time. Um, and my well. favorite format. Yeah. Um, and having it be this like loving mirror image of that is just really fascinating. I love seeing people who can actually depend on their teammate and want their teammate to do well. Um, Cause it's kind of, we saw how toxic it was in like rivals and exes when they didn't support their teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really great. I just, I don't understand why they have some of the pairs that they do. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people were given the choice to bring someone from home that like they, maybe they should have had someone from the show that like we see, right. we've seen why they're ride or dies. Um, a lot of the rookies, like we don't know why they're ride or dies. We've seen right. really nothing from them. Um, so I think that the pairs could have been picked a little bit better, but I mean, aside from those like small complaints, this season has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. been only a few episodes and I'm so invested in the drama. Um, we've gotten some really shocking decisions, some great eliminations, um, already so many hookups, which I think the past few seasons have really been missing. It has been. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone, I've used in the last few seasons, everyone's like married in relationships. And now, I mean, sorry to see their relationships fall, but everyone's all these relationships <laughs> are falling apart. But at least now they're coming in single. So at least there's, you know, we got some, some of that to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the challenge is so different from any other reality competition series is you do have, you've got a lot of like the highbrow competition mm-hmm. aspects, but you also have the lowbrow where people are getting drunk and hooking up and you have all that relationship drama and like, the fact that this one show has both sides of that is really special. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there were a few seasons, I think it was like double agents maybe where we knew that there were hookup arcs happening in the house and just none of it made the show. I think that yeah. that is such a mistake. You have to have all of that to make it yeah. a real season of the challenge. It's, it's odd, you know, especially because, you know, the last few years they moved to these 90 minute episodes. So they have, so much time to kind of cover stuff. And I know obviously like the daily and the elimination are going to be a good chunk of it, but they have a lot of extra time that they can use to include these like goofy moments or, uh, you know, the relationship stuff that I feel like the fans really want just as much, if not sometimes more than, you know, jumping off the building and like the intense elimination. So I don't know what the, like this current production team is, is going for that. They don't want to include that, but I feel like that is, you know, that is the, the secret sauce that makes the challenge the challenge. It's not just, you know, if you want people watch to do uh, extreme stuff, you go watch like a, a professional sport or like a lot of other things. You can watch competitions. It's like that the relationship building that the challenge has that hey, I don't know why they steer away from that sometimes when that's like what makes the show. Yeah, exactly. And you're you're so right. Like the move to 90 minutes has been amazing because there always is so much more that we could see. And yet in previous seasons, we we ha- we still weren't getting enough. And I feel like this season, we're finally getting the perfect balance. Like we have yeah. so like, obviously there's a lot to see in the challenge and elimination, but we're also getting so much house drama. And I, I think that that once again, they're, they're finding the perfect balance. And I think they're doing everything right this season so far. So. Yeah. And then last thing, just going back to your book for, for one second. Is there anyone that you kind of came in? before speaking with like a preconceived notion of them, either positively or negatively. And then after speaking with them, it really flipped. 
I guess we'll, we'll keep it positive. So anyone you didn't have like a, <laughs> a great feeling about. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, this person's like really awesome. I really wish I was rooting for them more. I'm going to root for them more in the future. Anyone that really stood out for you? Oh, that is a really good question. I, hmm, let me, let me think. Cause there, there were, I mean, a lot of them were, went in very different directions than I expected. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to expect from Derek Kaczynski's interview mm-hmm. because he, he always just seems very like wanting to have a good time, almost louder, l- larger than life personality. And, um, he, he, he came to the interview with a lot more like emotion than I expected. Um, like I, I, I got to see just how much he really wanted to get his first win and, and just how hard it was for him to get it. And then how that changed his life moving forward. Um, so yeah, he really surprised me in that way. Um, Rachel Robinson too. her interview was amazing. I, you know, we had obviously learned on dirty 30 that she and Veronica actually were in a relationship that wasn't shown Mm -hmm. on the show. So I, I, I wasn't, expecting her to talk about that relationship as, as open as she did. And, and she got really honest about how she regrets not having that be shown on screen. Cause that would have been a major step forward for representation yeah. on TV. Um, and so that was, that was a really um, pleasant, a big pleasant surprise for, for me. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, so the book is not just how to win at the challenge, it's how to win challenge and life. So is there any key takeaway that, you've started to apply to yourself that, you know, you've learned when you were writing this book that, you know, you feel like you're making yourself a better person or making yourself more successful. Any, any key takeaway that, that you've had? Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, when um, I was told what the angle of the book was going to be, I was not really expecting there to be much um, self-help guidance from a bunch of reality TV stars, mm-hmm. but I, I was really, um, I was fascinated by how, everyone had different lessons that they took from their time on the show, but the biggest common denominator was how they learned more from their mistakes and their failures than they did Mm. from their successes and how they would all take their lowest moments and learn from them and grow from that instead of just using their success to push them through life. And so I think that that was a really great way to kind of reframe your own way of looking at your life and you know, we, nobody's success is a linear line going up. Everyone has peaks and valleys. And I think in looking at any, you know, low points in your life and, and reframing it as, you know what, there's something to be learned from this rather than, oh my God, I've, I've failed. I've messed up at something. Um, that's, Mm -hmm. that's just helped me overall since, um, since doing all these interviews. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's great. So Sydney, this was, this was so great to chat with you. Really appreciate everything. Where can, so where can people keep up with you? Where, where can they find all your work? Obviously we talked about the book and finding that, but what about just anything that you're uh, in particularly working on? Yeah. Um, you can find all my work at EW.com, um, or on Twitter and Instagram at, um, at Sydney Bucks Um, that's pretty much where I post everything. So maybe just Instagram after, you know, <laughs> this might just be Instagram. So make sure you follow her there. Twitter might be dead by the time this post. So you never know. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, obviously, you can subscribe to this. Uh, Rob has a website.com slash challenge iTunes. Me and Allie will be back reca- recapping episode six soon. So be looking like look, look out for that. Um, follow me, Colin Brown underscore. And that's it. Sydney, thank you so much again. Everyone buy the book. It's a great read. Very <laughs> fascinating stuff. A lot of, lot of cool insights. So check that out for sure. Uh, until next time, have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>